know, I know, ancient over the hill, but, uh, you know, it'll be a time uh, in your life where you're going to, you know, you're going to be looking back, you're going to be reflecting, and uh, so that'll be in the days to come. Anniversary celebrations to me, honestly, uh, I'll just be straight up with you, um, I'm, I'm not always all that into them, okay, I'll just, I'm straight, you know, it's, to me, they're kind of like uh, weddings, uh, you spend a lot of time and effort on them, and they're not even the main thing. You know, I mean, the main thing is the marriage, and yet people give very little time to their marriage, and they'll give all sorts of time to their wedding, and it's kind of that, because, you know, sometimes you can spend all sorts of time on a uh, celebration of, okay, it's 30 years, but the main thing is the ministry, and we want to really be giving time to that. We want to really be giving time to the things that are important, but, you know, at the same time, last few weeks, you know, I've been thinking about it, and I thought, okay, um, you know, there's, there's reasons for doing this. And so I've been trying to remind myself of that, you know, that uh, usually it's the thought of, you know, there's a lot of work that's involved in this and there's a lot of thought that goes in, so why don't we just not? Um, but, um, you know, as I've thought about it, I thought there's really a benefit because over and over in Scripture, one of the things God does is he says, you need to stop and you need to take some time to reflect on who I am. You need some time to reflect on what I've done. You need some time to reflect on what I intend to do. And if we don't take those times, then we just go through life at this maddening pace sometimes, and we don't remember, and we don't reflect, and we don't think about it. And consequently, a lot of times we live lives that are very um, just depressing. I mean, for some of you, you know, you've probably faced some times where you think, oh, my gosh, it's Friday again. It seemed like it was Monday yesterday. I'll bet you it's going to be Monday in two days. And then it's going to be Friday again. And you just kind of go through week after week after week after week. But if you stop and you begin to get a perspective of this is what God is doing. And this is what he's about. And this is what he's done. And this is what he wants to do. Then you approach life with a totally different attitude. You approach life with a sense of anticipation. You approach life with a sense of, you know, wow, I wonder what God has in store. This is going to be cool to be a part of uh, what God's doing. So there's a couple of verses that kind of stood out in my mind as I thought about these, and I wanted to <clears throat> cover those with you tonight a little bit. Uh, one of them is found in 1 Samuel, and in this verse, the Israelites have been, they, I mean, they've been battling the Philistines. If you don't know, they've been in battle with the Philistines for like several years, and, and um, things are not going well. And finally, Samuel comes to them and says, now guys, here's, here's the deal. If you will simply walk with God, Turn from what you're doing, walk with God. Then God will hear you, God will deliver you. And so they do, and they go into battle. And uh, when they do, um, you know, they repent, they come in, Samuel prays for them, they go into battle, and they defeat the Philistines. And after they do, Samuel says, in this verse, in the first part of this verse, he says, We're going to raise, well, here's the first right here. He says, Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shin. You know, those places, kind of like down between Culver City and Santa Monica. He set it up there, and he says, uh, and he named it Ebenezer. Now, you've often wondered, where did that come from? Right there, right there. See, you know, you hear those songs, Here I Raise My Ebenezer. You think, what the heck does that mean? Is that like one of those Scrooge references? Or no. No. The word Ebenezer, it's a word in the Hebrew. It means stone of help, stone of help. Okay, so he says, here I raise my Ebenezer, you know, saying, thus far the Lord has helped us. And that's the thing that Samuel kept referring them back to. He says, hey guys, thus far the Lord has helped us. So every time Israel passed by and they saw that stone, it was a reminder to them 
This is how God helped us in the past. This is what God's doing for us in the present. This is what God's promised he's going to do in the future. And it was always this reminder to them, you know, again and again and again of the faithfulness of God. If they would simply walk with him, if they would simply do the things that he'd asked them to do, then God was going to come through for them big time again and again and again. Now, the psalmist, the psalmist also reminds us of that. He says, you know, it's good for you to pause and create kind of mental remembrances. It's good for you to pause and create these mental Ebenezers in your mind where you remember who God is and you remember what he's done and you remember what, what he's planning on doing in the future. Because if you do, you'll begin to approach the future with a sense of soberness and a sense of, of hope about what, what God's going to do. So in Psalm 77, 11 and 12, he says, I shall remember the deeds of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate on all thy work and muse on thy deeds. One of the things you find is this. Memories, memories are, are kind of like, they're kind of like threads that kind of weave our past in with our present. And what your dreams are, they're the same way. The dreams are kind of like your, the threads that weave your present in with the future. One guy has aptly said, he says, when your when um, memories outnumber your dreams, your life is closing down. You know, it's beginning to be over. And I think, well, that's really true. That's really true. One of the things that's been true is we have had the privilege over the last 30 years of seeing a ton of fun memories, a bunch of them. But the dreams for the days ahead are far outnumbering still the memories that are in the past. So it's, it's a good thing. It's, it's a good thing to move forward. So tonight what I want us to do, I would like to remind us of some of the things God's done. And I would like to uh, kind of give us as a, you know, group here, as a family here at Challenge, kind of a uh, remembrance, kind of an Ebenezer of this is who God is. And this is the family that you're now a part of that, you know, how God wants to do some things. So it started off like this. In January of 1988. Now, some of you are going, 88? I didn't even know that year existed. I know for many of you it didn't. Um, but in January of 88, we arrived in Southern California. Now, I'd ask a friend of mine. He was one of uh, the guys who had built a lot into my life. Actually, he's going to be with us over spring break. And um, I'd ask Max. I said, Max, I'm going out here, going to... Uh, going to be starting this uh, ministry at SC. You got any, got any thoughts? He goes, you know, I do. So I thought, okay, great. So I said, well, tell me. He goes, keep a low profile and produce. And I thought, produce? Is that like produce? Is that what? And he, yeah. And so I was like, keep a low profile. He said, yeah, don't tell them what you're going to do. Just do it and then tell them what you did. I thought, okay. So I, you know, Confused, I drove through the deserts and uh, got out here, you know, and, you know, but I kept that in my mind. And all the time I was driving, I'm, one of the, after he said that to me, one of the verses that came to my mind was Jeremiah 45, 5. And God says, are you seeking great things for yourself? Do not seek them. And I thought to myself, you know, that's true. This is not about me. This isn't about our family. This isn't about anything like this. This is about what does God want to do out there? And so as I thought about that, I thought, you know, God, what I would love for challenge to be is simply this, a quiet, 
permeating influence all around the world. First at SC, and then just all around the world. You know, a friend of mine um, down in Orange County says, you know, uh, if you, if you uh, look around the world today, what you see is the world tends to imitate the United States. And he said, and if you look at the United States, the United States tends to imitate California. And if you look at California, they tend to imitate Southern California. So if you want to change the world, change Southern California. And I think, probably not a bad idea, you know. So, uh, you know, I begin to look and I begin to think, you know, God, that's really what uh, we'd like to do. We'd like to uh, see folks' lives change. We'd like to see real, real uh, difference taking place. And by the grace of God, uh, that's, been, uh, that's begun to happen. We have folks uh, now in about 19 countries and, uh, you know, a few, uh, about that many states, about 19 states as well, just all around, who are working to uh, continue to do the very things we talked about here at Challenge. So this was us in uh, 1988. If you want to see a, a picture of the fam here, this was the fam. There you go. Now, the little lad that you see in my arms right there is actually uh, the lad sitting back there now who's, uh, you know, one of the guys over Freshman Connection. That's, uh, that's young Jeremy, uh, you know. He was, he was a mere lad. Now he holds me like that, which is much better. You know, so uh, it, it goes much better. What you're going to find is this. If you will walk with God over time, he will really lead you to pour out your lives for, for a given uh, group of people. And if you will do that, what you'll find is the, the, the benefits of seeing their lives changed and seeing things happen in their lives will be one that will, um, that will be total, totally beneficial for you. I mean, totally rewarding for you. It's totally worth it. So God began to remind of his faithfulness from day one. Now, when we moved out, part of the story when we first moved out, you know, Melinda, if you, if you guys ever knew the whole story of where we moved out, you would think, Melinda is a saint. Uh, you probably think that anyway. You think, she lives with Neil. She has to be a saint, you know. But it's one of those things of, you know, we were, um, we moved out here so we, one of the things they told us when we came out and visited, they said, uh, we would really like you to come out here. Now, there's just one problem. We said, oh, okay, what's the problem? They go, we can't pay you. I thought, well, that's a problem. Uh, you know, I thought, you know, family's gotten into this habit of eating, sometimes multiple times a day. And so, uh, you know, I said, you know, but, uh, and they said, what if you just kind of raise support? And I said, oh, well, um, sure. So, you know, being the forward thinker I was at that point, uh, once we were up to a full $400 a month in support, I thought, well, it's time to move. And so we did. Uh, what I didn't know was, you know, you, you can't rent a parking space for 400 bucks in California. <laughs> I mean, I had no idea, you know. But we went ahead and moved, and we came out. So to say that things were a little tight the first few years would be uh, an understatement. You know, I mean, like, uh, you know, I mean, we were so broke we couldn't pay attention. It was... It was just, you know, one of those things where, you know, it was not, not a good situation. So we're over there, and the first time we're coming in, this is Christmas of 88. We're coming into Christmas, and so I remember uh, we had found out that we were expecting uh, a fourth child. We planned on three, and, and then, then we found out four, and we expected four. And so um, we were like, oh, wow, uh, this is interesting um, and good uh, and good. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, so we, uh, we really enjoyed that. Uh, but uh, it was one of those things that Christmas coming up, and I said, hey, Melinda, you know, Christmas coming up here soon. And so, uh, hey, what do you think you'd like for Christmas? And she said, um, hmm, 
And I thought, oh, no, please don't take that long to think, you know, because that always cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. So I thought, the longer they take, the more dollar signs roll up, you know. And so I was like, uh, and she said, um, you know what I'd like? I said, no. And she said, uh, a dryer. I thought, a dryer? Like a hair dryer? She said, no, like a clothes dryer. And I thought, don't you like that snap, crackle, pop when you take those clothes off the line outside and it kind of that... <laughs> you know, smell of smog right into him, you know, don't you like that, you know, and she was like, yeah, no, and I was like, okay, you know, and so I was like, okay, and she, I said, okay, you know, and I'm kind of thinking, huh, I was thinking a sweater, uh, so, uh, and she goes, you know what, else, and I thought, else, else, no, and she said, I would also like to have a rocking chair, and I said, a rocking chair, she said, yeah, I said, a rocking chair. She goes, yeah. She goes, you know, our other one, you know, you know, it got broken and stuff. We don't, you know, I said, yeah, yeah. And since we were expecting this baby, she suddenly wanted to be able to wash the diapers and dry them and have a rocking chair. I thought, good night, high maintenance, uh, you know, but uh, <laughs> so, so we're sitting there and so I'm kind of going along and I'm thinking, well, and I, so uh, straight up, this is where I was. I thought I could probably finance some of this. And then the thought occurred to me, now, Neil, um, you've said you ought to trust God in things. And I thought, well, yeah. But there's a whole different thing in talking about that and actually doing it. And Christmas was a month away. And I thought, you know, if I had more time, God, honestly, I'd trust you. And then all of a sudden he said, um, really, is that true? And I thought, well, probably not. So, um, so I said, okay. Now, God, here, here it is. She would like a dryer. And she would like a uh, rocking chair. And you, you, you well know my finances that uh, that's not going to happen anytime soon. So um, if you want to provide that, then that will be great. But if not, we're just going to trust you. So Christmas came, and Melinda got a sweater, and she liked it. And um, it was a really good sweater. And so, you know, kind of thought, okay, that's cool. And, you know, I was kind of thinking, that's, that's odd. That's odd, God. I mean, I thought you had other things that you were going to do here. I mean, what the heck? And so later, um, like a day or so after Christmas, um, some friends of ours who had moved into a new house said, hey, why don't, you, uh, why don't you come see the new house? We said, okay. So we drove down there to see their house, and we're looking around, and they go, yeah, it's a great house. There's only one problem with it. We said, what's that? They go, it's all electric. What's the problem with that? You know, I mean, it's electric. And they go, well, we just bought a brand new gas dryer with all the bells and whistles on it. Can't use it at all. Just sitting there. Melinda goes, dryer? And uh, <laughs> they kind of sit there for a minute. And then this guy goes, hey, you guys need a dryer? And I was like, uh, well, probably use a dryer. Yeah, I mean, you probably use a dryer. I said, you want to sell it? He goes, sell it. You can just have it. I said, well, you said it's brand new. And he goes, well, yeah, but just load it up. I, no, I couldn't do that. I need to pay you for it, you know. Yeah. And so he goes, uh, he goes, well, how much money do you have on you? <laughs> Slim pickings there. Uh, so, I mean, so I opened up my billfold, and I had a 20 and a 1. He goes, well, I can't leave you penniless, so just, you know, give me one of them. <laughs> I gave him the 20. Uh, so uh, be encouraged. So I give him the 20, and he kind of takes the thing, and he said, uh, yeah. He said, hey, I'll just, you know, I'll put it in my pickup. I'll load it up. I'll bring it up to your house today. And so... I bring it up the house, you know, and this one girl that was uh, that we'd met, you know, she had taken Jen out to go to the movies that day, and 
So they're coming back to the house, and they're sitting there, and Melinda there, and I'm getting this all hooked up inside. And, you know, Melinda's like, uh, Melinda's like there and there. She's like, you got a dryer. And she's like, yeah. And they're like, you know, being girls. And, and talking about they're, they're getting all excited because they're listening to the dryer and stuff, you know. And uh, she goes, wow, that's really cool. She goes, you know, hey, do you know anyone that needs a, a baby bed? And Melinda goes, baby bed? And, and because, see, on the way out here, on the people that moved our stuff, they, like, broke two of the legs off of the baby bed, which we'd had for three children, which I still kind of thought, you know, the, the, the baby will kind of lean like this, but he'll get used to it or, you know, I mean, it'll be okay, you know, but, you know, maybe we can cut the other two off or something, you know, and the kid will be closer to the ground. But, uh, you know, Melinda was like, um, baby bed. And so this girl goes, yeah, this gal I work with, she has a baby bed, and, you know, this girl worked at SC, and. She goes, this girl has a baby bed, and so she's just wanting to give it away if you want it. And so Melinda goes, what do you think? And so I, you know. And we had gotten this baby bed for Jen back when, you know, we first had Jen, and it was this Jenny Lynn baby bed. It had this little dresser that matched it, this little changing table and stuff. So we thought, well, this is cool, you know, and I thought, we're probably going to get some baby bed, some lady that's had 14 children, and, you know, there's going to be teeth marks all over the thing, you know, and. It'll be green and Bambi will be fading on it or something. You know, I thought I had all this in my mind as I'm driving up to this place. And so uh, I drive up to this place and this gal comes out and she goes, yeah. I said, so uh, how many uh, kids do you have? uh, She goes, oh, just the one. Really? Just one? Can't be that many teeth. Uh, So I'm thinking, okay, you know, and so I'm looking there and she said, "Uh, yeah, she goes, it's right out here. And so I go out to the garage and. They open up the garage, and there is this Jenny Lynn baby bed. Totally matches the one we had, I thought, except it was a step up. It was the nicer model. And I thought, oh, my gosh. And I'm putting this in the back of the car, and she goes, could you guys use a rocking chair? I said, huh? And so I go home that night, you know, and I'm putting the baby bed together, and Melinda's sitting there rocking, listening to the dryer, you know, and stuff. And we're sitting there going, wow, God is faithful. God is faithful. And for us, those items, you know, years later, some friends of ours have the dryer. It's still working, actually. They're still using it. (laughs) So 30 years later. Um, You know, and the rocking chair is now in one of our kids' homes. They're rocking in that and stuff. But, you know, we look at that, and I look and I think, and actually the bed is too. (laughs) The bed's uh, over being used by one of the grandkids now. But I look and I think what those are for us are mental Ebenezers, as we look at those, they're like, they're remembrances of, you know what? God is faithful. He will do exactly what he said he's going to do. You can trust him. You don't have to worry about it. So there, you know, there's lots of stories like that. I could tell you I won't just for time. I will tell you one more that in, um, in 2000, um, in 2000, we're over there, um, 2001, which one was it? Yeah, I don't know. It's a while back. Um, so we're over there. And anyway, we're, uh, we're sitting here, and, you know, we're, I was teaching a class. There was, uh, I'd finished up, we finished up school here, and they wanted me to teach this uh, grad class in, um, back in the Midwest. And so I went back there to the seminary and was teaching this class. And Melinda calls me up one day, and she said, hey, um, Karen, this girl that owned our house, she said, hey, Karen came by. And she said that uh, she wants to move in. I said, hey, that's going to be crowded. And she said, no, she wants us to move out. I said, oh, that's even worse. And uh, she said, yeah, and stuff. And so I said, well, when? Soon. 
Sure. Ooh, okay. So uh, I'm trying to think about this. Well, Melinda was getting ready to go out of town to go to China because we were sending uh, a team over there, and so she was going to go with this team. And so I was sitting there thinking, wow, we've got to get back. You know, we've got to get something done. We're start, starting to look around. And this guy, Max, again, one of the guys I was teaching with, he goes, uh, that's a good house. I like that house you're in. I said, yeah, I do too, but uh, not for that long, apparently. And uh, he said, you ever thought about buying that place? And I thought, not unless they're taking Monopoly money. I mean, no, not really, you know. And so he said, you know, you ought to look at buying that place. And I thought, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I got back, and uh, about that time, the guy who was pastoring our church, he said, hey, did you ever thought about buying the place? And, yeah, there again, uh, no, uh, not really. I mean, you know, we don't, we don't have any money. He goes, well, how much do you think she'd sell it for? I said, well, I don't know. I said, well, you ought to ask her. So I asked her, and she said, uh, now for you. And I thought, oh, no. And she said, no. She said, you know, for all these others, I would not sell it. But for your family, you've lived here a long time, so I would sell it to you for $290,000. I mean, for us at that point, it might have as well have been a million bucks. We're like, $290,000. I thought, yeah, no. Uh, I've got uh, 0.01% of that in the bank. And so I'm, we could make a down payment, you know. And so I was kind of sitting there thinking about all this, you know, thinking this is never going to work. And so we're kind of talking uh, about this. And Randy says, hey, what would you think if I wrote people that you've been in ministry with and just asked them if they wanted help with that? And I said, nah, I don't think so. He goes, well, how much would you have to come up with down for your payments to be like what your rent is now? And so they figured up this one guy with a little pocket protector you know he those guys you know oh, i've got that right here you know so he uh he pulled that out you know you wouldn't need ninety thousand dollars and i thought <laughs> ninety thousand dollars yeah uh he goes when do you have to let her know i said oh, just over a week and he said uh, well maybe i'll write people and i thought yeah i said well you know actually randy um the students that we've worked with they don't really have any money i mean you know they're broke too you know so uh you know, I, I, and by that, by the time everyone gave that wanted to give, uh, we would probably still be about 89800 short. And so I don't think that would really work. And he said, I'm writing them anyway. So I said, have at it. So uh, we left. So he calls me up one day and he says, uh, oh, man, this is exciting. And I said, what's exciting? And he said, well, this is like three days in. He goes, hey, we're at nearly $20,000 that people have decided to get. And I said, you're kidding. He said, no. I said, oh my gosh. He said, how many more days do we have? I said, five. And he said, yeah. So he calls me up about two days later. He goes, hey, be encouraged. I said, why? He goes, we are nearly at $40,000. I said, wow. Um, okay. He goes, what do you think? I said, I think I'm still looking for rent houses because we're still 50000 short and I can't afford to do that. No, that's what I'm still doing. So he said, okay. So about that time, I'm reading in my quiet time, and I come across a verse in Isaiah 45.3, and God says, I will give you the hidden treasures of darkness, things you do not know, so that you may know that it is, <clears throat> excuse me, so that you may know that it is I, the Lord, who have done this thing. And I thought, no. I thought, God, are you really, is it? Is, are you saying you're going to provide this? No way. No. And he says, you know, so Randy calls me back the next day. And he goes, well, 
sorry to tell you, things aren't moving very fast. Kind of like, you know, us getting Olympic medals there for a while. You know, I said, you know, it's not moving very fast. You know, I said, yeah, yeah. He said, so just let you know. How many more days do we have? I said, two. And he said, yeah, okay. Well, you know, we're kind of stuck at about 40. So, okay. I thought, well. And then I thought about that verse, and I thought, you know, God, that would be just like you. <laughs> because you always like to surprise people. And you always like to do things that just, you know, prove that it is you and you alone. So I thought, well, we'll see, God. We'll see. And the next day, Randy calls me and goes, hey, um, something happened. I don't know what happened, but we're like at 58. So I thought I'd let you know. I said, okay, so when you have to let her know? I said, tomorrow. Tomorrow. He goes, huh, well, you know, okay. So he hangs up the phone. He calls me back the next day at noon. He goes, okay, um, just so you know, we're at 85. And I said, you mean 58? He said, no, that was yesterday. We're at 85. And I said, 85? He said, yeah. He said, uh, I think you ought to, uh, he said, when do you meet her? I said, two hours. He said, I think you ought to go ahead and do it. And I said, uh, well, I think maybe I'll, I'll, I'll call Mike and ask him about that. He said, I already did. He thinks you ought to do it. I said, oh. I said well, I think I'll, I'll, I'm going to call Max and talk to him as well. He said, I already did. He thinks you ought to do it. And I said, well, you know, there's Harold as well. I was going to call Harold. And he said, yeah, he, he was one of the first ones that said you ought to do it. And so I said, okay. Um, okay. And so um, – so I'm going down there, I meet her, and she's like, you know, what do you think? And I said, I'm in. And she's like, really? And I thought, you think you're surprised? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the long and the short, uh, that was on a Friday. By Monday, $101,000 had come in. Pretty encouraging. Um, and one of those things, you know, just one of those things God does, just just to surprise you, just to say, hey, do you realize who you're dealing with here? I mean, good night. I am not, you know, Ed Oxnard over here. I mean, you know, I am like the God of the universe. I run this thing. You know, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. He says, you need to keep this as one of those mental Ebenezers in your mind. I can do anything I want to do, anytime I want to do it. All you need to do, walk with me, trust me. And see. And so over and over and over, what we could say is, you know what? Thus far, the Lord has helped us. And that's been the thing that we've noticed in our lives continually. What I'd like to do for a minute is this. I'd like you to turn to like two other people around you and get, get about three of you there. And you don't all have to share, okay? So in case some of you are like, oh, I get mortified sharing. Yeah, don't do it. Um, you know, but I'd like you to do this. I'd like you to answer this question. What is, we're going to put that question up right here. What is a faith-shaping memory you've had in your time at SC? You know, for some of you think, May, I just had one just a second ago. <laughs> yeah, probably so. I mean, but what is something for you? And I'd like you to just take a couple minutes, then I'll call us back, and we're going to talk about some other things. But talk amongst yourselves a minute. What is a faith-shaping memory? What is something God has done that's helped to shape your faith in some of your time at SC. So, you know, if you have one person that's able to share in the group, great. If your faith-shaping exercise was, I just learned something a minute ago that shaped my faith. Well, then, great, go for there. But just do that. We'll take a few minutes, and we'll come back. All right, go, talk. Let me, uh, let me call us back together here. Hopefully you, uh, 
Hopefully you learned a few things there. Oh, coming up there. Hopefully you learned a few things from somebody else, uh, kind of a story that uh, you weren't aware of or, uh, you know, that you're, uh, you're, you're learning some things there. You know, I would encourage you, as you get opportunity, chat with one another about some of those things because, you know, you, you need those mental remembrances in your mind of this is who God is and this is what he's about. The second thing that I, I want us to think about for just a minute, you know, God often begins things with one person, but he always uses teams to accomplish things. I mean, again and again and again, you know, you look in Scripture, and God will start with one person. Like, he'll start with Abraham, but then, you know, he'll build, he'll build a group around him. He starts with David, but then he builds a team around him. He starts with others, and he builds. Things are always accomplished by teams, and it's good to remember those. It's good to pause and reflect upon those. Because, you know, as the old Chinese proverb says, one generation plants the trees, the next enjoys the shade. And there's some folks who have really served on teams and served well over the years. And they're the ones who have provided the shade that many of you enjoy in being able to have the fellowship you have and being able to have the opportunities you have. Um, They're the ones who have done many of those things. And and so, you know, a few I'd like to just call to mind uh, just out of uh, gratitude and, and thinking about some of those. One is Melinda. Where's Melinda? Well, there's Melinda. There's a young one. Stand up over there, Melinda. People know who you are. You are standing? No, you're not. Okay, stand up, Melinda. Okay. <laughs> okay, there's Melinda right there. I'll tell you what now. She's a good gal. Yeah, it's one good gal right there. I'm telling you. Melinda, you know, guys, uh, l- learn from this. Now, I, I remember back in the day, you know, when I was a young college guy and uh, thinking, you know, people would always say, hey, you ought to pray for a godly uh, gal. And I thought, that's, that's probably true. I always prayed, God, I would like a godly fox. Uh, I really, I mean, you know, honestly, I mean, I'm all into this godly gal thing, you know. But honestly, you know, as long as we're asking, I might as well be truthful. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, and, um, and then I met Melinda. I thought, whoa, hey, uh, you know, faithful guy. But one of, uh, one of the things that you will find is this. Um, you know, it, it's always wise to think about who you marry. Note. Um, <laughs> because, no, honestly, I mean, if you're a guy, your wife will set the parameters for your ministry. And so, you know, make sure that you marry one that allows you to have a wider focus of ministry. And Melinda has been that over the years, honestly. And the ministry here has never been like, you know, this is something Neil does, but this is like uh, this is like us. This is like our family. Actually, the kids used to call up sometimes and they say, "Hey, how did we do in football this week?" They were never talking about the school they were attending. They were talking about you know USC because you know this has always been kind of like our thing. This is what we do. And so you know one of the teams that God's put together is just the family. And uh, boy, I mean that's been a major major source of blessing. You know. Uh, Another one has just been mentors over the years. You know, I've basically there's been three guys that have built a ton into my life. One's a guy named Mike Thompson who, honestly, when I first started hanging out with Mike, if you know, the only award I would ever win was most obnoxious. And, uh, you know, yet Mike would always find some way to be encouraging. With him, I really learned how to love other people. I mean, he was one of the ones he set the bar in that, you know, I mean, just again and again. Uh, Another guy, Max, was a guy. You'll meet him uh, over spring break. Max was a guy. From him, I learned, you know, not just to love people, but I learned how to train people. And Max really, uh, Max was really a, a pace setter in that. Another guy was a guy named Harold. Some of you have met Harold. Some of you haven't. Uh, a guy named Harold Bullock. And uh, 
Harold, from Harold I learned, you know, you need to love people, you need to train people, you need to do it in a wise way. And so I, I really learned a lot of things from him in that regard. But all of those were, uh, all of those were um, extremely impactful. And then there's been there's been a, a whole group of friends over the years, which I, I won't uh, I won't even uh, go into all those. But many of those, many of which are are alums too. Uh, in fact, we have several of them with us here tonight. Bill and Valerie are out here. If you guys haven't met Bill and Valerie yet, uh, Bill and Valerie Turbush. Bill, raise your hand over there. Come on. There they are right there, Bill and Valerie Turbush right here. Cindy, who used to be on staff with us, is right over here. Cindy, Cindy's living down there in uh, Louisiana, Cajun territory right now, okay? So, you know, she was down there. Uh, Hovi, I saw Hovi Juan Kenobi. Where is it? There's Hovi. Okay. <laughs> Hovi sitting right back here. You know, several of these, what most of you don't realize is this, challenge really is like a family. And honestly, the alums, they're kind of like the ones that hold the ropes for everybody else. I mean, you know, many of you, you know, and, and looking at things like different, you know, retreats, this or that or whatever, like we've talked about must trust sometimes. And we've said, hey, we've got this must trust thing where, you know, you figure out what you can come up with. And, you know, if you really want to go, you figure out what you can come up with, any other help you can get. And then, you know what, let's just pray and trust God for the for the rest. And that's what we've done. And in 30 years, we've never left anyone behind. I mean, we've been able to take every, I mean, there, sometimes it was the day of that we finished getting the money in, but we've always ended up, where did a lot of that money come from? You know, probably 80, 90% of it came from alums. They would send in something and they say, hey, you know, I remember, I remember being a, a, a freshman and I couldn't afford to go, but someone helped me go and I want to help somebody else go. So here you go. Here's some money. And, uh, you know, they would do that again and again and again. And, boy, that's one of the teams that God has really used and, and really, you know, blessed us. Another would be just like the staff. And we've had, by the grace of God, we've had staff that have lasted a long time. Cindy, how long were you with, with 11? 11 years? 11 years, Cindy was with us 11. I mean, we have had staff that have lasted a long time. Erin was two when she joined staff. And, uh, you know, and so uh, she, uh, she's been with us for a while. You know, I mean, we have had staff that have been here for a while. But, you know, honestly, the staff team has, um, they're the ones that, you know, when, when you guys are, are you know, like, uh, boy, it's been a long night, you know. I mean, I'm going to bed. You know, they're the ones that are still up and still getting things done and planning and working and praying and stuff. And they're the ones that are up. Before many of you even knew, there, there, are, there are digits that appear before noon on the clock. You know I mean? And they're, they're up then, and they're, they're like up in those early hours, and they're doing things then. And so, you know, for them, um, and they, I mean, in fact, if you're, if you're on staff, stand. Uh, these are, uh, stand up, come on, you know who you are, stand up. Stand up, stand up, stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys right here, these guys are ones... That, um, thanks guys. Thanks guys. These are ones who, who regularly pour out their lives and, and lay down their lives for, for you guys. And so, uh, you know, you want to really appreciate for that matter, uh, ones that just put things together. If you look over here, it's, it's kind of fun. You know, you can see, um, back, you can see like, uh, people back in the day, back when I was a mere youth. Um, like uh, 32 or something like that, starting over here and kind of sweeping around. Well, the, there's a team, you know, there was a team that sorted through like literally hundreds of photos and pulled these all out and put those together and made desserts for you and made all kinds of things. And see, I know many of you thought, wait a minute, 
these things don't just appear. No, those have to be worked on. <laughs> My gosh. And there was a team that put all these together. And, I mean, this team really has worked hard not only to pull this off, but to pull Saturday off, to pull everything off. And so, you know, things are always accomplished by team. In fact, I would like that team. Where's our team? Team, stand, stand up team so that they can meet and see who you are. Come on, come on, come on, come on. If all of you guys stand up over there. Sarah, where are the rest of you? Stand up over there. Don't be bashful. Jenna, there they are, right? Right there, there. Yeah, let me tell you what. You know, it's, it's with great gratitude that you ought to pause every so often and, and kind of reflect and remember, you know, these are part of the people that with us, we're helping to write the story of what God's doing through students' lives here at SC today. And ultimately, hopefully, you know, around the world as a result. Really wanting to develop students who have a heart to really know and love God, to really walk with him from the heart, and then to really influence and impact their spheres of influence for the rest of their life. That's been something that we've wanted to do and we've wanted to be about all along. So lastly, you know, as, as we kind of reflect on who God is and what he's done and, you know, what he wants to do as, as you know, he is listening to us and wanting to hear and act today and what we're, kind of things we're trusting for, I wanted to cover with you, you know, what are some things that we're dreaming about? What are some things we're trusting God for today? One of them is this. We're simply asking God to raise up a generation of students who believe that he is really ready to hear and act on their behalf as they step out and trust him. In Jeremiah 33, 3, God says, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things you do not know. So you know what? We want to trust God. We're really praying God will raise up students who more than, you know, all of the distractions around campus, more than all of the things that they think, this is vitally important, you know, they'll really figure out, you know, the vitally important thing, know God and walk with him and do what he says, you know, and trust him with your life, trust him with everything. And when they do, boy, I mean, God will revolutionize things. Second thing we're asking God for and working toward is to raise up students who really live out John 13, 34, and 35, where Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, so you also ought to love one another. By this will all men know that you are my disciples and that you have love one for another. So we're really working on that, and we're really, you know, trusting God that he's going to do that. And then thirdly, we're really asking God for lifelong labors. You know, it's one thing to be excited about God when uh, all you have is class. It's a whole other thing to be continuing to do that 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the road. In fact, some of the people that you saw on here, um, we stay in touch. And um, you know what? Some of those, I mean, man, they've, they've been doing it for uh, close to 30 years. Some of them have been doing it for like 20-something years. They've just been getting after it. Others have been doing it for like 20 years, all sorts of variances in between. But you know what, men and women, one of the things God wants us to do is continue to live lives of trusting him and investing in others all of our lives. In Matthew 9, 
right here that's coming. There it is. He says, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. One of the things we're praying for is just regular garden variety laborers, just workers. That wherever you are, whatever occupation you're in, whatever you're doing, you would be a quiet, permeating influence wherever you are. So as we wrap up, what I'd like you to do is this. Oh, by the way, let me show you a quick one, you know, as far as how God's changed some things. This is us now. This is, uh, this is the crew. Hey, there you go. The crew that you saw there at the first with little Jeremy, now Jeremy has one in his own arms right there. So, uh, you know, I mean, the crew you saw, they, they have expanded. And, um, you know, they're, uh, they're a fun crew to uh, hang out with. We actually got to hang out with uh, the two on this end, uh, Myla and Ellis, this past weekend. And uh, that'll increase your prayer life. Um, but, uh, you know, we did that. So it was a lot of fun. So um, what I want us to do is, as we're wrapping up, I want you to do this. I want you to think two things. One, what are you wanting to see God do through us this next year? What is it, you know, as a, as a you know, family here at Challenge, what is it you're wanting to see God do through us? What is something you'd like to see God do through you? What is something you'd like to see there? I want you to think about that. And then I'd like you to turn to, like, a person next to you. And I'd like you, you can share with them a little bit. Of, you know, this is something I'd like to see this coming year. Or, I mean, this is something I'd like to see the rest of this year, and there's something I'd like to see next year. But, you know, what is it you'd like to really ask God for? And then secondly, I'd like to take just a moment and with the person there next to you, take a moment and pray. Praying two things. One, thanking God for being our help thus far. Thanking God that thus far, God, you've been the one who's really helped us. And then secondly, asking him that he would really do those things that you've been thinking about that would really bring him honor and bring real, uh, real help and real encouragement to other people. So take a minute, find somebody right there next to you, share a little bit about what you're uh, thinking about, and then take a minute and pray, and then I'll pray, and we'll close this up here. So do that right now. Find somebody.